What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. When cracks appear on iPhone touchscreens and strange and frightening sounds echo on your MP3 player, that is the time when the Neverland Podcast is present, broadcasting online with ghoulish delight. Welcome, foolish listeners, to episode 45. Welcome to Never Neverland. We're going to bring ghosts from all over the world. Join us. Be sure to bring your death certificate. Welcome back, foolish listeners. It's the Neverland Podcast, and it's still haunted around here in Neverland. But that's okay. I am your host, as ever, Jeremy, and I have not ventured into Neverland alone because it is haunted. I brought Lost Boy Phil with me. That's Philistine. (laughs) Oh, great. He might have already become a monster himself. But, okay, so we're back. Neverland is unfortunately still haunted, or fortunately still haunted, depending upon your point of view. So we're still going to have some Halloween fun, and we'll try not to uh, uh, have any impending problems. Now, I did I did let Scott and Tracy know when they were here last week. We do have some proton pa- packs we keep around there, and I do have plenty of traps. So if it gets really bad, don't worry, Phil. We can take care of this. If you see any giant marshmallow men, uh, we're covered. Good. Just All warn right. me ahead of time before you cross the streams because I don't want my face burned off. I'm just going to eat them next time. That's you it. know, that's not a bad idea because, you know, we like s'mores in Neverland. Amen. We call the Indians up and get them over here. Hey, we'll party. That sounds good to me. Tiger Lily loves a party, you know. <laughs> so, but anyways, we are going to talk about some Halloween specials that we loved as we were kids. And we grew up watching and still watching and everything. So, we're going to talk about those. But first, everybody get your pixie out of your pocket and we'll fly away to Neverland. Do-do-do. Okay. So... <laughs> Now let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, we, and I, the fun thing is, I do have some audio for most of these. If I don't have audio, I will I will fake it for you, and I will hum along whatever songs we're thinking. How about that? Is that a good idea? That sounds fine. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we're gonna. I want to start with a bit of an obscure things uh, and work our way up to the more common ones. All right. Um, so there's one that you actually have uh, that you had on a videotape that you got on a DVD. So it's the buttons and rusty. Which which is which? Yes. Uh, it, it was a real cheesy but fun 80s cartoon that uh, I'm, Hanna-Barbera made. It was a Hanna-Barbera thing. Huh. And uh, you could definitely recognize all the voices because you've heard them on all the Hanna-Barbera you know, specials and cartoons. But it's a lot of fun. It's about a uh, uh, little fox named uh, Buttons. And Rusty is the no wait I think Buttons is the little uh, little bear little bear Rusty yeah was Rusty was the fox, was the fox. Yeah. but they, it, basically there are these two thieves in the trailer park in which where they uh, hang out near their forest and uh, <laughs> what are they the, raccoons well no they're they're people but they they steal things from people's and of course uh, at, they're, they're talking about how uh, Buttons and Rusty have never been trick or treat never even heard of it so they talk to the, this ranger about what is trick or treat he explains it to them. And, and he's throwing a party that's for humans a party only. For humans only. And then uh, throughout the episode, you see these uh, thieves stealing. One steals a fox coat, of course, and uh, she dresses like a witch. And later on, the fox gets the witch's hat, so everyone gets them confused, of course. And the uh, thief man is dressed like a bear, of course. And so people get confused. Which is the bad guy? Which is not? That's where you get the witch, which is which. People can't tell a guy in a costume from a real bear. No, I expect not. I, well, it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. What are you going to do? You can't take So which, which is which? Yeah, the only time you ever really get get a, an example of that title is right in the middle of the show. There's a song that starts up. And uh, it, it's like it's almost like those old uh, Disney cartoons with the, the Pink Elephants on Parade. Stuff. It has nothing to do with the show, really. But it's almost like going into a, a music video right in the middle of the show. <laughs> hmm. Well, I don't have that exact song, but I do have something pretty close that is a Disney cartoon. Let's take a listen. All right. Which witch is which? Can you tell me, please? Oh, which witch is which? Is it me or do they all look alike? The one is on a broom and one is... Which, which is which? They all have 
witch. <laughs> They're all in basic black. A witch, witch is witch. And they'll eat a stack of bat wings for snacks. I think that they should all wear numbers on their back. Witch, witch is witch. It's just so confusing. Witch, witch is witch. I think I may be losing my little mind, but everywhere I find witches come with just one kind. Exactly the same special, but no. it was Disney, and we're supposed to be a Disney show, oh, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I can get away with that. <laughs> so look, we've had some Disney. Now, if only I had like a good Marvel thing, because we haven't talked into Marvel in a good long time. Yeah, yeah. Although, if anyone's paying attention to our blog, it's news.neverlandpodcast.com. I did write up a, a thing that I do talk about the new Thor, yeah. uh, which now that it is a, a woman, which I still don't know how he lost his hammer because. In Original Sin, they just have where Nick Fury whispers something in Thor's ear and suddenly the hammer drops him down to the moon's surface. But I have not gotten to see what in the world did he whisper. So, But there we go. Now we've had some Marvel in there for anyone who likes the Marvel half of our show. I can see Green uh, Green Goblin throwing a jack-o'-lantern at somebody. Yeah, that's Halloween-y. Yeah. There is no Marvel Halloween special. Well, now wait a minute. Wasn't there one when they had the Spectacular Spider-Man? I know they had a Thanksgiving one. Well, they would have like a maybe a, a scary episode, but not yeah. like a big Marvel I thought it was, special. Yeah, not a Marvel special. But they think they had a Halloween-based one. Maybe they had that one for almost every holiday through that season. Uh, yeah, well, I haven't watched that in a while. But anyways, move, move along here. And here's one I think is more closer to your forte. You've probably seen this more than more times than I have. But Fat Albert! Yeah. And Fat Albert and his friends, um, they have a, a little Halloween thing. And yeah. what is the kid's name? Uh, Jerry or something? Is this kind of tall, gangly-looking oh, yeah. guy? And he's wanting to go and scare all the older people. And Albert's saying, that's not nice. That's not cool to go scare at old folks just because right. they're old. So, but it's a really kind of fun and uh, fun story. Okay, at one point they go to see a movie before they get thrown out because Jerry and Rudy are acting up. Uh, but w- when they go to this movie theater, there's a poster on the lobby wall for a movie called The Chicken Heart That Ain't New York. And now this is a reference to one of Bill Cosby's early stand-up comedy routines called Chicken Heart, in which Cosby describes listening to the 1940s radio show Inner Sanctum as a child and being scared to death by an episode featuring a giant chicken heart that ate New York, and he spreads jello on the carpet and on the floor and slips his father up and broke his arms. And yeah, tell everybody how you burned up a $100 sofa because it saves from that boop boop. It's really yeah. funny. Oh, you know what? Devry. That's the name of the band. Devry. Okay. Devry, yeah. yeah, I was I'm watching it and I was being quiet last night, so I didn't get to hear. But uh, yeah, so how many times have you seen that one? Oh, man. I watched it two or three times a year since I was a little kid. So, oh, my goodness. Also, I, I love that. I have it memorized. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of having memorized, I pretty much got Chicken Heart memorized, but I, I think it's appropriate that I share it right now. Go right ahead. I'm seven years old, standing up in my crib. <laughs> I kept falling out of the crib. I really. You know, I mean, they gave me a bed, but I kept falling out of it. And uh, I'm staying up there. My parents are going out, see, and they're just walking back and forth. We live in an apartment uh, building. There's only one bathroom, and it's my bedroom, then my parents' bedroom, and they have to pass by my bedroom in order to get to the bathroom. And if the door's open, I can see them. And I know they're going out because they keep bumping into each other, you know. Get out of the way. Where's my sock? I don't wear them. You know. So, uh, 
This is before babysitters, when parents did not believe in babysitters at all. You know, the philosophy was, what? Let some stranger look after my kid? I'd just as soon leave him home by himself. <laughs> so, uh, I'm staying up here. I got my sleepers on. I wore sleepers till I was 12. I love sleepers because I used to put mashed potatoes in the bottom of my sleepers and make my mother feel them. Mom, Phil's a dead rat. She'd faint. <laughs> my mom would faint for anything, man. I used to get hit in the head with a rock and cover up the blood. She couldn't stand blood for nothing, man. I'd go home, stand right behind her. She's cooking. Mom, look, blood. <laughs> She'd faint. So I'm standing up in the crib and they both come up, you know. And now the whole thing to them is that they have to scare me to make me stay in the bed, see. They tell you some kind of a lie. That's what the parents used to do. There's a green monster out the door. If you get out of that bed, they'll, he'll eat you right up, you know. So, I'm a con man, I really am. I'm a, I'm, I'm a good con man. Boy, I never went to school if I didn't want to. My whole thing was so beautiful. My mother used to come in, boom, open the door, and, uh, and I'd be in the bed, you know. And she'd say, aren't you going to school? And I'd say, mother, is that you? Just bring your face here so I can, I can touch it before I leave, you know. Never went to school one day. And always got out at 3.30 to play. Used to go up to her, 3.30. A miracle happened! I'm well! You're not well, get back in the bed. Honest to goodness, Mom, a little angel came right up on my bed, hit me with a wand, twang, said, go out and play. And she had to believe the angel. I knew that. So anyway, I'm standing in my crib. And I said, now don't get out of the, the, the crib, please. See, my, my father, I love my father's uh, approach. It was basic. Stay in the bed. That's all, you know. Stay in the bed, see. I knew how to answer him. I will. And it was, that was it. You know, he'd go, and then I'd jump out of the crib, you know. <laughs> Papa's beautiful, but mothers, they give you a half out. Stay in the crib because your life is important to this and that. Oh, yes, I've heard it before. But my old man would just come up, stay in the bed, right, Dad. And he'd leave, he said his piece, you know. So now my mother comes in. I don't get out of the crib. Yes, Mother, I'm tired anyway. I, I'm going to sleep. The Sandman's beating me to death, and I'm so tired. Pardon me for not seeing you to the door, but I'm just tired. I'm telling you right now, don't get out of that crib. Now, the last time you got out of the crib, you went in and listened to that, that radio and heard that awful lights out program and it scared you so bad that you smeared jello all over the kitchen floor to make the monster slip if he came at you. And your father went into the kitchen to get a drink of water, slipped and hurt himself. Now, to make sure that you, don't, you don't get out of this crib, we've placed over a hundred black poisonous snakes around your crib. And if you so much as put a toe out there, they're gonna bite you, you're gonna swell up and be dead until morning. I don't see no snakes, they're invisible. And she left, boom. Boy, I'm telling you right now, I'm so sick of this place, I'm gonna run away from home. She's always putting black snakes. Snakes! You get out of here! This is not your room, this is my room, and you just get out of here. I don't care who sent you in here, this is my room. I didn't ask you to come in here, nasty snakes. Snakes, do you hear me talking to you? Huh? Snakes? I gotta go to the bathroom. Come on, have a heart on a guy, will you? Are you out there? Listen. Snakes, now, now don't you bite, don't you bite me, I'm going to put, put my toe out there. Don't bite it, just give it a little snaky lick. Come on, 
Okay, listen, you could bite it just a little bit, but, but don't put none of your juice in it. <laughs> Nothing. Well, go ahead, I bet you're not even about to go and bite it, suckers! Yeah, I know you wasn't out there. Lie to me, boy. I'm going to listen to the radio. We had a Philco radio. It was about six feet tall. Had 287 knobs on it, of which only two worked. Off on volume and the station selector. The extra knobs were if you'd lose one, you could replace them right away. You don't have to go to the store. And I love to get scared to death. Anything that has scared me to death, I loved it. I love Frankenstein, a wolfman, and a mummy so much. I used to sit right up front, and then they would come at me, and I would squish myself under, into the orchestra pit. I hid all over the place. I'm telling you. I had pictures of them all over my house, never looked at them, was scared of them. There were three programs that were scary. One was suspense. That wasn't too scary. That was suspenseful. Then there was Inner, uh, Inner Sanctum, where the guy played the organ. Do, do. And then he would come in, good evening, and he was so happy to scare you to death. And he opened that door, and then he told you a weird story about his uncle Harry who had lost his hip bone or something like that. Oh, man. But what really scared me was when he closed the door. At the end, of, I knew somebody was in the house then, and I started smearing that jello. No monster gonna get near me with that jello on the floor. I've tripped up many a monster with that jello on the floor. Yes, Bob. And now, I got my radio, I turn it on. You gotta wait maybe, maybe eight days. It'll heat up, you know, eight days. But you make up, and then I just, there's good news. Good evening. That's the guy. Go ahead, scare me to death. I'm ready. I'm ready. Scare me, man. Come on now. And welcome to Lights Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, scare me. I was dumb enough to do whatever the guy said to do on the radio. Turn your lights out. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. They're out, they're out. Go on, scare me to death, I'm ready. Tonight's episode is about a chicken heart. A chicken heart that ate up New York City. Yeah, go chicken heart, go. Go get them, eat them up chicken heart. Scare me to death, I'm, re- I'm ready, I'm ready. chicken heart was kept alive in a laboratory in a vat. Special solution. Half blood, half sodium salicylate. One day, a careless janitor knocked the vat over. He went to get a rag to clean it up. The chicken heart grew. Six foot, five inches. And in search of human blood. The janitor came back, opened the door. The heart ate him up. What? Go get him, chicken heart. Go get him. Go get him. out into the hallway, rang for the elevator, fourth floor, ah! go get him chicken heart, go get him, you will, moved out into the street, ate up all the cabs, the Empire State Building, ate up the Jersey Turnpike. 
It's in your home state. It's outside of your door. And it's going to eat you up. Oh, I got my jello star smearing it all over the floor. Get out of here, chicken heart. I set the sofa on fire. You won't come near smoking fire and jello. My father came in the house and what? What the hell's the sofa doing on fire? Come in the house, the chicken heart's gonna eat you up. Hurry up, okay. Zip. What chicken heart are you talking about? Do it on the radio. Tell you the idiot, turn it off. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> For two years, anybody that passed by our house, my father, whether he knew him or not, would call him in. Hey, come here, I want to show you my dumb kid. Go <laughs> on, tell him how you burned up a hundred dollar sofa and broke your father's arm to save us from that. <laughs> prices change. Yeah, but the main thing is that we're really gonna suck it to old Searchlight Johnson. Yeah, I did have a clip of the Fat Albert Halloween special, so I figured we'd have to hear that as well. We've got a lot of long clips like that, so if you thought the chicken heart was kind of, well, that's a long story there, I've got a lot of more good long stories, so I hope you're all digging this stuff, because i got plenty of fun stuff, because <laughs> uh, we're going to listen to some full specials on some things. Um, one thing I did want to kind of note as an honorable mention here is the Scary Godmother, mm-hmm. which... Okay, this is kind of rare, I guess, unless you have Cartoon Network. Uh, it was a series of children's books and comic books created by artist Jill Thompson and was published under Serious Entertainment back in 1997. And uh, Cartoon Network actually had two specials made that I've seen I uh, that I, I want to throw up a mention because they're cute. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So, And I still watch them. I saw it as an adult, but I still would watch it. So I don't have any clips from that, but that's okay. But, okay, we have something really cool now of course we got to dive in some disney here and this oh, is going to yeah. take some while to talk about this one uh but it became i think more commonly known as the disney halloween treat mm-hmm. it's about 90 minutes long but it actually started with disney's greatest villains in 1977 and then there was a disney's halloween treat in 1982 and they combined it together where um the the halloween treat was mainly a lot of shorts mm-hmm. and then they had the villain half which uh, was of course villains and was hosted by a magic mirror that uh, had a very very interesting history and you were just telling me about this. Yeah, uh, the magic mirror uh, was what was his name again? Hans Conrad or Conrad? Con- Conrad Conrad. Well, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I'm he sorry. was the uh, voice of uh, Captain Hook. Awesome. And the old cartoons, and you can definitely tell when you're watching it because he's talking about all these great villains. And he's doing his big voice, and he had a great voice. <laughs> yeah. And then he uh, suddenly goes to talk about Captain Hook, and you hear Captain Hook talk and him talk. You're like, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the mirror. But yes. uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I remember watching them as kids, even separately. And then when we got Disney Channel, they would show it every year. Yeah. You know, I love Disney's the music. Disney's Halloween treat. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Oh, you know what? I actually have a sound bite. So let's hear it. Tonight, we bring you a Disney Halloween treat. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner. And the Disney gang stopped by my office on their way to a Halloween party to show me their costumes. How do I look, Michael? Well, Mickey, you look great. I would have never guessed it was you. Hi, Michael. It's me, Minnie. <laughs> How do I look? Uh, fantastic. You look truly fantastic. Uh, by the way, where's Goofy? Oh, he'll be right here. He's been working on his costume for a month. No one will ever guess it's Goofy. Never. Oh, there's Goofy now. 
Hiya, guys. What do you think? Wow, that's a swell costume. Don't you think, Michael? It's okay. It's okay. wasn't the only Disney special that, that was really, really awesome. There was also, do you remember DTV? Oh, yeah. Disney TV. Disney TV. It was like, it was on the Disney channel mainly. It was the, yeah. They did like music videos. You just watch it every morning. Yeah. Every they night. put cartoons to it and do like, you know, their own It was when music. MTV had just really gotten big. Yeah. And they had to have their own version, which is a lot of fun. You know? Yeah. And so they did DTV and they would show cartoon clips to like classic old songs. But they did a DTV Halloween special that uh-huh. came on as a magical world of Disney also. And the cool thing is, is uh, voice actress June Foray recorded new lines for the character Hazel the Witch for yes. this TV special. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, and it was nearly 35 years after she first recorded Hazel's voice for the 1952 Disney animated short Trick or Treats, which I yep. love that one. Uh, and that was 1952. Uh, so Foray also then voiced Looney Tunes characters Hazel the Witch, uh-huh. who menaced Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. She's also that. probably both, both uh, more known as on like being Rocky from Rocky and Bullwinkle, yeah. and uh, then she was also Natasha. Mm-hmm. Uh, then she came back and was Raggedy Ann actually in some Halloween special, yeah, uh, the Pumpkin That Never Smiled, yeah, that's which a good one. also featured Dawes Butler uh-huh. as Raggedy Andy. So right. there's another mention. I don't really have a sound clip of that one. I don't think I ever watched that one though. It's, it's good. It's very Chuck Jones does the best, yeah. you know. Yeah. What's great is the pumpkin's crying, and he's crying out pumpkin seeds. Oh, <laughs> well, that's kind of cute. Uh, but the next one we definitely want to talk about. Um, uh oh, Phil, look out! Look, oh, oh, a, a, a part of the technical difficulties. The proton packs are over there. Phil, hurry! Look out! Ah! Okay, okay, I, I think I got him. I think I, Phil. Uh oh, where's Phil? Oh, well, hang on. I, I, let me just trap this thing. No problem. We got this under control. Everything's under control. And got him. <sighs> okay. Uh, we seem to have lost Phil. Uh, I did warn everyone Neverland was haunted, but uh, I did find Pixie Heathers here, though. Hello. Okay. Well, uh, you're fine, though. You're, no ghost bothering you, right? You're fine? Oh, no. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Because you didn't look like you'd been slimed yet, so... So technical difficulties, uh, but we will press on. Uh, you had a favorite Halloween special, right? Yeah, my favorite Halloween special is uh, the Garfield Halloween uh, Adventure. Um, and that's my favorite one, probably because I like cats and I like Garfield. And it's been my favorite, you know, not just, like, not like the specials. I like those, but also like the cartoon strips and everything Garfield. I love Garfield. Yeah, uh, and Lorenzo Music kind of made it famous for being the voice. Uh, he was also like Peter Venkman in the Ghostbusters. Conveniently, Ghostbusters animated series, the, the real Ghostbusters. Uh, and then uh, we got to, of course, talk about Lou Rawls doing some of those songs. Uh, he did t- he did like the intro song and the the, uh, the one thing he's not is a scaredy cat. Yep. There's a lot of good songs, but the overall story uh, is you know, where they go to Odie and Garfield go trick or treating and they're dressed as pirates and they have this fun pirate song and they've find a guy who you can't really look at the time frame of how this is supposed to be because the guy is supposed to have been the cabin boy on a pirate ship it's a kid special yeah because like you know how old would he have to be he'd have to be like 100 something years old 150 so i always kind of thought he was a ghost himself i mean like yeah. i know he takes off with the boat you know in the end yeah he runs for but, it <laughs> but i i don't know i always thought you know watching it as a kid because it does kind of like well, wait a minute that's like a really long time you can't be that old but I always thought that he was just a ghost too, and like it was just a big ghost story. Yeah, I think from, it's the only way you can. End, the only you way know? you can justify his age, mm-hmm. but it's supposed because it's supposed to only though be like a uh, hundred years after the the cursed treasure was buried there. But uh, we do have some sound from it. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Okay. This is a night. This is the night I was created for. I'm gonna put on my best disguise and go knocking on everybody's door. This is the night This is the night I'm gonna hit the street 
Cause this is a night folks are giving away so many good things to eat. If every night was a night to go trick or treat Trick or treat Wouldn't it be sweet Trick or treat Just a trick or treat Trick or treat Wouldn't it be sweet Trick or treat Just a trick or treat What should I be? There's so many sides to me I could be handsome or brave a king or a slave, it's all up to me. So what should I be? What could I be? What should I be? I could be a scary vampire and turn myself into a bat flap flap. Or I could put on some black pajamas and go as a big fat Halloween cat. What should I be? There's so many sides to me. I could be an astronaut, a robot, a hobo, a clown, or an alien creature going out on the town. What should I be? It's all up to me. What should I be? Let's go. Sixty men all lost at sea, all of them drunk except for me. Twas I who had to face the storm with nothing in sight to keep me warm. Yo ho! Over the raging sea we go, yo ho ho ho, wherever the four winds blow, hey! I may be lazy, I may be fat, I don't do laps, and I do not chat. I may be selfish, yeah, and all of that, but the one thing I'm not is a scaredy cat. I may be bossy, I may lack grace I don't do sit-ups to trim my waist I may be thoughtless, yeah, and all of that But the one thing I'm not is a scaredy cat I don't have charm much pizzazz I don't chase mice and all that jazz I may be sassy yes and all of that but the one thing I'm not yeah the one thing I'm not I say the one thing I'm not is a scaredy That's fun. I love the songs in there. Mm -hmm. uh, that was part of, I think, what set some of the Garfield specials apart is having some really great songs. Uh, that's the, the main ones I remember is there's that one, there was a Christmas one, and the Thanksgiving one, and we'll talk about maybe those in the coming months. Yeah, we'll have to include the Christmas one at Christmas. Yeah. It's, well, it's that would be a good time, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, it would. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad we're thinking the same way. Uh, but let's get to some major ones. Okay, we've already talked about a couple of other Disney ones. But, okay, the Magical World of Disney would present it. And I actually, well, I mentioned already last week, the first time I saw this actually was in the second grade. They showed this, this. But when they would show it on TV, they would do it as The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. And it would start with two intro cartoons. They would show The Lonesome Ghosts and Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat on Halloween. Better give a treat that's good to eat. If you want to keep life serene. Okay, so do you know then after they played Trick or Treat and the Lonesome Ghost what was coming with The Legend of Sleepy Hollow? Yeah, The Legends of Sleepy Hollow came after. Well, yeah, but it was, we learned last week, it was also known as The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, but they would split it and only show the Ichabod half. So, it was, you're actually seeing half of a Disney movie. And uh, that's, for the longest time, I didn't know anything about this Mr. Toad bit uh, until we bought the DVD, and it, it, was, it was a twofer thing, and I was like, really? Was, is this just they gave us two things? And then I realized the whole thing was one feature film. Uh, but we discussed this pretty much last week. Now, when was the first time you got to see the Ichabod part? 
The Ichabod part, I was younger and it was with a combination of like Disney, you know, Halloween stuff. I think I remember it being on, it actually came on later at night, like, you know, when they would show the usual specials. Like, it yeah. wasn't during the day. Sometimes they would show them during, you know, Saturday morning cartoons. Like, there would be specials that came on yeah. during that time. There were some so you, Disney ones. You probably that did. saw it a lot, but at the same time, they used to show it every year with these other two cartoons in front of it then. Um. We would watch it. I remember the Ichabod one. I don't remember watching the Mr. Toad one until later. Like, but when did you first see it? I mean, what was your what was your reaction the first time? That's what we're getting. Oh, my reaction. Yes. Like, um, it was very creepy, and I was scared because I think I saw the end before I really saw the beginning. Because it wasn't until like we we'd seen it together, you know, that I really was able to see the first part of it. Really? Yes. I, I oh. caught the end uh, on one evening or Saturday morning or whatever, and it scared me because you got the flying pumpkin coming at you, and I thought, man, this is a scary, you know, a scary one. Yeah. Well, um, so at least I'm not alone. See, in the second yeah. grade, we watched it in school and freaked me out. Yeah. But uh, don't worry. I've learned from some other people who got freaked out. We've got a... Uh, a phone call from Jesse here. And, uh, yeah, he had a similar result, but his absolute favorite is what we're going to talk about next. He does mention talking about Sleepy Hollow, but he had an absolute favorite. Well, let's hear what Jesse had to say. Hello, Neverland. This is Lost Boy Jesse coming to you from his mobile recording studio, also known as Star. Uh, we know that we are talking about our favorite Halloween festivals this week, and I just want to chime in real fast with two of my own. The absolute favorite non-Disney Halloween special that I have would have to be It's the Great Pumpkin and Charlie Brown. You know, I'm sure someone already talked about it during the show, but it's the story of Linus and Charlie Brown and the Great Pumpkin and Hooker Shredding and I Got a Rock. It's one of my favorite all-time shows, something I look forward to every year, and it's become a family tradition. But my absolute favorite Halloween special has to be The Adventures of Pig Five. We only talk about the ones with Willows and Mr. Toad. That doesn't matter. It's The Adventures of Pig Five. Bean Crosby retelling the story of Washington Evergreen's Memphis Horseman. My gosh, I saw this when I was a kid on the Disney Channel. Back when the Disney Channel was the Disney Channel. And it was so much fun. Scared me to death the first time, but anyone who sees my Facebook page now knows that I'm paying homage to it all month long. It's one you have to check out. Anyway, that's my two cents worth. I'll send back over to the rest of the crew now. Bye, guys. All right, so everybody did catch that. Jesse's favorite is It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, which is actually kind of one of my favorites, too. I love all the Charlie Browns. I liked it, too. Yeah. It's a classic one, and let's see, I did find some information about it, didn't I? Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, we were kind of wondering, uh, because there was the Christmas special, uh, Charlie Brown's Christmas, we know that was the first one, and we found out that The Great Pumpkin was actually the third one. It's The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, October 27th of 1966 is when it first aired. Uh, it's the third special, but the second holiday they had done. There was actually Charlie Brown's All-Stars that was just the June, on June 8th of 1966, that was just a few months before The Great Pumpkin. Uh, but The Great Pumpkin, the fun part is, I've got, actually read from the library, some of the classic old uh Peanuts strips. Mm -hmm. You can check these out hopefully in your local library. So I've gotten to read some of the early stuff where the Great Pumpkin actually came around with Linus. And so every year there was always some Great Pumpkin storyline. And so then, you know, having grown up with the cartoon, it was really fun to be able to correlate it together. It's like, ah, here's the origins of where this story was. So it was a really a lot of fun. And I actually had a tape of this with a book. Uh, and uh, then my brother and sister figured out how to record over tapes and ruined it for me. So, but... <laughs> Ah, uh, big brothers and sisters are for that, right? Yeah, I guess. But I have the audio. And so I can share the audio. And that's pretty much how we're going to round out the show. I'll go ahead and I'm going to share the audio from It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Uh, not from the special, but from a read-along book. And I also have the Bing Crosby narrated of The Adventures of Ichabod, or betterwise known as The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. So let's go ahead and play those both back-to-back -back and have some fun with that. Sound like a good idea? Sounds good. Alrighty, and we'll just keep an eye out for that ghost that grabbed Philip because uh, we, we probably better rescue him. Hi, I'm Charlie Brown. 
You can read along in your book as you listen to the story. You'll know it's time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. And now we present, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Hi, Snoopy old pal. How do you like this pile of leaves? It took me all morning to rake them up. jump into a pile of leaves with a wet sucker. Dear Great Punk, I'm looking forward to your arrival on Halloween night. I hope you will bring me lots of presents. Who are you writing to, Linus? This is the time of year to write to the Great Pumpkin. On Halloween night, the great pumpkin rises out of his pumpkin patch and flies through the air with his bag of toys for all the children. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? When you stop believing in that fellow with the red suit and the white beard who goes ho, ho, ho. We are obviously separated by denominational differences. Not again! Writing a letter to a stupid pumpkin? You make me the laughing stock of the neighborhood. All they talk about is my little brother who always writes to the great pumpkin. You better cut it out right now or I'll pound you. There are three things I have learned never to discuss with people. Religion, politics, and the great pumpkin. What are you doing, Linus? I'm writing to the great pumpkin. You say the cutest things. You're so intelligent. Wouldn't you like to sit with me in the pumpkin patch on Halloween night and wait for the great pumpkin? Oh, I'd love to, Linus. It was a mistake. There were two lists, Charlie Brown. One to invite and one not to invite. You must have been put on the wrong list. Hooray! Is Linus taking me to the party? That stupid blockhead of a brother of mine is out in the pumpkin patch making his yearly fool of himself. Boy, is he strange. But maybe there is a great pumpkin. Every year, Linus misses tricks or treats. And then the Halloween party. He'll never learn. Snoopy, what in the world kind of costume is that? He's a World War I flying ace. Now I've heard everything. All right, everybody, we'll go trick-or-treating and then over to Vitus for the big Halloween party. Hooray! Hi, Linus. Hey, you come to sing pumpkin carols? You blockhead, you're going to miss all the fun just like last year. Don't talk like that. The great pumpkin knows which kids have been good and which kids have been bad. You'll be sorry. Oh, good grief. Come on, let's get going. We can't waste all night. I'm glad you came back, Sally. We'll just sit here in this pumpkin patch and you'll see the great pumpkin with your own eyes. Each year the great pumpkin rises out of the pumpkin patch that he thinks is the most sincere. He's gotta pick this one. He's got to. I don't see how a pumpkin patch could be more sincere than this one. I got a chocolate bar. I got a quarter. 
I got five pieces of candy. What did you get, Charlie Brown? I got a rock. Blockhead sitting in a pumpkin patch in the middle of the night. Has a great pumpkin been by? <laughs> You've missed trick or treat, and now you're going to miss the Halloween party. You think you're so smart. Just wait until the great pumpkin comes. He'll be here. You can bet on that. Linus knows what he's talking about. Linus knows what he's doing. All right, where is he? He'll be here. I hope so. I have my reputation to think of, you know. And you think a lot of fun we're missing. Just look. Nothing but sincerity as far as the eye can see. All right, all right. Let's bob for apples. This is the way to do it. Yeah, Lucy, you should be good at this. You have the perfect mouth for it. Not funny, Schroeder. Now let me demonstrate how it's done. First you bend down over the tub full of apples, then close your eyes. What? Snoopy? <laughs> My lips touch doglet! <laughs> Poison! Doglet! <laughs> Get outside, you stupid beagle! I'd be waiting in a pumpkin patch on Halloween night. I'd have said they were crazy. Just think, Sally. When the great pumpkin rises out of the pumpkin patch, we'll be here to see him. What's that? What's that? I hear the great pumpkin. There he is. There he is. It's the great pumpkin. He's rising up out of the pumpkin patch. <laughs> what happened? Did I faint? What did he leave us? Did he leave us any toys? You blockhead! You kept me up all night running for the great pumpkin. And all that came was a beagle. I was robbed. Halloween is over and I missed it. And it was all your fault. Also, what a fool I was. I could have had candy, apples, and gum, and cookies, and money, and all sorts of things. But no, I had to listen to you, you blockhead. You heard about fury and a woman scorned, haven't you? Yes, I guess I have. Well, that's nothing compared to the fury of a woman who has been cheated out of tricks or treats. Hey, aren't you going to wait and greet the great pumpkin, huh? It won't be long now. If the great pumpkin comes, I'll still put in a good word for you. Good grief, I said if. I meant when he comes. I'm doomed. One little flip like that can cause the great pumpkin to pass you by. Oh, great pumpkin, where are you? Grief, it's two o'clock in the morning. Where is that stupid brother of mine? He must still be out in the pumpkin patch waiting for the great pumpkin. There you are, sleeping in a pumpkin patch in the freezing cold. Come on, Linus, let's go home. Every year you miss all the fun by waiting for the great pumpkin, and he never comes. When will you ever learn? Let's get your shoes off. Good night, Linus. Well, another Halloween has come and gone. Yes, Charlie Brown. I don't understand it. I went trick-or-treating and all I got was a bag full of rocks. I suppose you spend all night in the pumpkin patch. And the great pumpkin never showed up? Nope. Well, don't take it too hard, Linus. 
I've done a lot of stupid things in my life, too. Stupid? What do you mean, stupid? Just wait till next year, Charlie Brown. You'll see. Next year at this same time, I'll find a pumpkin patch that is real sincere. And I'll sit in that pumpkin patch until the great pumpkin appears. He'll rise out of that pumpkin patch and he'll fly through the air with his bag of toys. The great pumpkin will appear and I'll be waiting for him. I'll be there. I'll be sitting there in that pumpkin patch and I'll see the great pumpkin. Good grief. Okay, uh, before I play the next one, I do want to give a fair warning because, you know, we've all admitted as, as children this this did frighten us. Uh, just in case, if you think your children might not be able to handle the recording of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, uh, you could maybe pause this and uh, skip it maybe or something like that. But I figured I'm going to be fair and give the warning that, yes, I'm about to play The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. And uh, if your children are easily frightened from audio, uh, maybe not let them listen to this part. But here we go, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> If we could but journey back to that remote period in American history when the city of Manhattan was but a market town, we would discover in the bosom of one of those spacious coves which indent the shores of the Hudson, the little village of Sleepy Hollow. It was a quiet, peaceful place, and yet somehow... foreboding. Indeed, Sleepy Hollow was famed far and near as a haunted spot, full of twilight tales and local superstitions. Now, late one drowsy autumn afternoon, a group of rustic lads had foregathered at the local tavern, in company with their leader, one Brown Bones. A burly, roistering blade, much given to practical jokes, but withal, quite the hero of the countryside. Brown was in the midst of one of his favorite stories. And you should have seen his face when he found his horse hanging from the church steeple. <laughs> Why, he carried on bit. Odds, bodkins. Brown's story was never finished. For down the street came a man of such outlandish appearance that every tongue in the village was soon set to wagging. Who's that coming down the street? Are they shovels or are they feet? Lean and lanky, skin and bone, with clothes a scarecrow would hate to own. Yet he has a certain name. Flashy. It's the new schoolmaster. What's his name? Ichabod, Ichabod Crane. Ah, <laughs> the schoolroom became Ichabod's empire, over which he held absolute sway. Silence! Indeed, Ichabod was a conscientious man and ever bore in mind the golden maxim spare the rod and spoil the child. Feed him, my boy, he'd say. This'll hurt me more than it does you. Bend over. Now, the pedagogue is generally considered a man of some importance in female circles. Ichabod was no exception. Indeed, he soon proved himself a man of many talents. And among other things, became the singing master in the village. Ladies, ladies, please, please. The pear-shaped tones I want. The mask project. Let me hear it. Observe. Regarde. Me, 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 me. Further, Ichabod was kind of a local gazette, carrying the news from one household to the next, for the schoolmaster loved to gossip. Now, I wouldn't want this to go any further, ladies, but I happen to know no, the, the other... very idea. She did Oh, yes, she did, and what's more, it has come to my attention that on what... One... Oh, yes, when it came to the weaker sex, there could be no doubt of it. He's a town ladies' man, gets around like nobody can. Of course, it is none other than Ichabod, Ichabod Crane. Now, Ichabod, being a man of letters, had a book, which he had read quite through, a treatise on New England witchcraft. A subject, by the way, upon which the schoolmaster considered himself quite an authority. And on long winter evenings, one could usually find him seated in a chimney corner in some nearby farmhouse, regaling the good Dutch housewives with many marvelous tales of ghosts and goblins. 
It was a monstrous thing with great green eyes and gaping jaws. Slowly it crept upon the unsuspecting maiden. Suddenly she turned and... But if there was pleasure in this, it was dearly purchased by the terrors of Ichabod's walk homeward. For oftentimes, brown bones in his routers would lie in wait along some dark and gloomy road. And there concoct for the schoolmaster a dish of his own medicine. Now, let him have it! Yet, these were but terrors of the night. Ichabod would have passed a pleasant enough life of it had his path not been crossed by a being that causes more perplexity than ghosts and goblins. And that was a woman. Katrina Van Tassel, daughter and only child of old Baltus Van Tassel, the richest farmer in the county. Ah, she was a blooming lass, ripe, melting, rosy-cheeked, but a bit of a coquette. For Katrina will kiss and run, to her a romance is fun, with always another one to start. And yet when you've met that little coquette, Katrina... You've lost your heart. Yes, one glance at this tempting morsel was quite enough to fill Ichabod's mind with many sugared thoughts and hopeful dreams. Ah, ah, Katrina, who can resist your grace, your charm? And who can resist your father's farm? Oh, what a layout. And though the schoolmaster was well aware he faced a formidable rival in the person of Brom Bones himself, still he was determined to win the fair Katrina for his own. Thus, when an invitation arrived to attend a Halloween frolic at the Van Tassel farm, Ichabod was in a transport of joy. Oh, Icky, oh, you sly old dog. What is this power you have over women? Well, tonight's the night, boy. Just turn on the old charm and the fair Katrina... And the farm are yours for the asking. And so nobly attired in his only suit of rusty black, and mounted upon a borrowed steed, the schoolmaster set forth to win the hand of his lady fair. In all the countryside, there was nothing to equal a merrymaking at Mynheer Van Tassel's farm. Here, indeed, was the perfect field for Ichabod's endeavors. For beyond all his other talents, the schoolmaster prided himself upon his dancing. Not a limb, not a fiber about him was idle. And to see him in full motion, his loosely hung frame clattering about the room, <laughs> oh, you would think that St. Vitus himself was figuring before you in person. Ha, <laughs> yeah. Ichabod was the man of the hour. He received the smiles of Katrina and the plaudits of the crowd. Brom Bones was forced to concede his rival a major victory. But as he watched the posturing pedagogue, Brom's wily brain devised a plan. He recalled a certain murky glen that lay between the Van Tassel farm and the village. It was through this dismal dell that the schoolmaster must pass on his homeward way that night. And Brom also recalled that there was no more firm and potent believer in things supernatural than Ichabod Crane. Thus, when the dance was over and talk among the guests had drifted around to the telling of weird and ghostly tales as was the custom on Halloween, Brom Bones was ready with the most gruesome tale of all, the story of the headless horseman. Now this dread specter, as the country folk well knew, was the dominant specter that haunted Sleepy Hollow. Indeed, he was the top brass in the spook and goblin department in this enchanted region. Some said he was the ghost of a Hessian trooper whose head had been carried away by a cannonball during the Revolutionary War. And certain authentic historians stated that once each year on All Hallows' Eve the specter rode forth in quest of a head to replace the one he had lost. True, other authorities on the matter insisted that the horseman already had a head, a horrible, flaming thing which he carried before him on the pommel of his saddle. But there was one point upon which all agreed. The ghost did possess a saber, an enormous, gleaming weapon with which he strove mightily to decapitate every hapless victim who chanced to cross his path. Such was the gist of Brahms' dreadful tale which he seemed to direct particularly to Ichabod Crane, 
in which he summed up with this dire warning. Just gather round and I'll elucidate on what happens in Sleepy Hollow when it gets late. Long about midnight, the ghosts and banshees, they get together for their nightly jamborees. There's things with horns and saucer eyes and some with fangs about this size. Some are fat and some are thin and some don't even wear their skin. I'm telling you, brother, it's a frightful sight in Sleepy Hollow on Halloween night. And so, my friends, tonight take heed. The headless horseman on his steed rides the road through the hollow there. He wants your head. Look out. Beware. With a hip-hop and a clippity-clop. He's out looking for a head to swap, so don't try to figure out a plan. You can't reason with a headless man. It was the very witching hour of night when Ichabod astride his sorry nag entered the portals of the dreadful hollow. To keep up his flagging courage, the pedagogue began to whistle. When suddenly, there loomed up in the road before him a huge, misshapen, towering thing. Ichabod's hair rose in terror, his teeth chattered. His knees smote against the saddle. No, 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 no. But yes, it was a horseman, gigantic in height, muffled in a cloak, and horror upon horrors. The head that should have rested upon his shoulders was carried upon the pommel of his saddle. Transfixed with fear, Ichabod watched as the phantom drew from beneath his cloak a long, gleaming saber, and then the stroke missed by a hair's breadth, and with a shriek of fright, the worthy pedagogue was off as fast as his horse could carry him. But on the instant, with a scream of fiendish laughter, the demon took off in hot pursuit. Stretching his long, lank body over his horse's head, the schoolmaster strove to widen the gap. Come on, boy. Come on, horsey. Oh, horsey, please, come on. The ancient nag responded as best he could, but alas, it was all too evident that the demon was closing ground. <laughs> and then, and then a ray of hope, for just ahead the road crossed an ancient bridge that marked the limits of the hollow. Beyond lay safety, for here, according to the legend, the specter's power must end. Get up, horse. Oh, see, get up, get up. Come on. And so with one last convulsive kick, Ichabod hurled his flying steed across the resounding flanks. And safe upon the other side, he pulled his horse to a stop, turned to watch his pursuer vanish according to the rule in a flash of fire and brimstone. But instead, he beheld the horseman rising in his stirrups and from his outflung hand came hurtling straight toward Ichabod the demon's awful grinning head. Ah! Next morning, the schoolmaster was nowhere to be found. There was only his hat lying in the dust by the old bridge, and close beside it, a shattered pumpkin. Curiously enough, the pumpkin had been carved in the semblance of a human face, a face which seemed to cause Brom Bones much merriment. Indeed, there were some who believed he knew far more about the incident than he cared to tell. Uh-huh. In any case, it was shortly thereafter that Brom led the fair Katrina to the altar. And though rumors kept coming back that Ichabod was alive and married to a wealthy widow in a distant county, the good Dutch settlers scoffed at such nonsense, for they knew the schoolmaster had been spirited away by the headless horseman of Sleepy Hollow. And as the years passed by... The schoolhouse, deserted now, fell into decay. And off times on a still summer evening, the plowboy, loitering homeward, would fancy he heard a distant voice singing an old familiar tune. Ichabod, that's his name. Ask him and he'll tell you the same. Funny man and funny name. Ichabod, Ichabod Crane. Okay, well, I guess everything's fine now. Uh, we did manage to find Philip. Uh, he has unfortunately been slimed. Uh, he's not too happy about that. But he's okay, really. Uh, you know, we'll just be more careful next time here on the Neverland Podcast while we're still haunted. But uh, as we sign off here, I would just, of course, like to remind you all to uh, keep your pixie in your pocket 
because I've been forgetting to remind you the last couple of weeks. Uh, keep that pigs in your pocket and try to keep that good attitude. Uh, we're, we're having rough times around here, and I know you have some rough times too, but if you can try to keep a good attitude, it really does help. And I know it's not easy, but also try to spread some of that pixie dust to other people as you go along. But we will see you next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we have a recording Jesse got of of the Medina family who got to stay in the Haunted Mansion on the 45th anniversary. And I'm going to share that audio and along with some other uh, fun things from Disney's Haunted Mansion next week. So you definitely don't want to miss that. So make sure you tell everybody to come back and listen next week. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on twitter.com slash neverlandpcast and facebook.com slash neverlandpodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492 and send email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright glue band productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyright of their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license. Pleasant dreams. <laughs> <laughs>